Welcome to Season 1 of Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. We are on a discovery journey to activate, grow, and release the voice of God not just for us, but the world around us. We interview guests from all walks of life and backgrounds and how their experiences with God has advanced their path to mastering the prophetic. This season, we're asking guests how the voice of God has helped identify and navigate life through seasons of hardship and crisis and how to even steward a season of success. Come join us now during this conversation. And I know many of you may have already had some uh, teaching and training in the prophetic. Uh, maybe you're very advanced in this subject. But tonight, I'm going to lay some foundation, do some basic teaching on the prophetic because I know there are many people that may be viewing that I have no teaching or no in-depth understanding of the prophetic ministry. Uh, the prophetic has been such a blessing in my life. I've been operating in the prophetic since 1989, so about 25 years now, and it has been one of the greatest blessings as I travel around the world, sharing, activating, teaching in the prophetic. And we get calls and, and invitations from all over the country and around the world to come and teach and train on the prophetic. Many of you may live in cities and towns where there, there may not be very many strong prophetic churches, uh, but there is a great move of God around the country and around the world uh, and, the, and the, the understanding of the prophetic prophecy, corporate prophecy, personal prophecy, prophetic presbytery, prophetic worship, prophetic intercession, the ministry of the prophet, companies of prophets, prophetic teams, the different realms of prophecy uh, is just increasing. It's amazing how many people are coming into the knowledge of the prophetic. And so I'm so encouraged. One of my visions is to see every church come into a greater understanding of the prophetic. Now, I know that many churches may never embrace the prophetic. Some may not believe in it. Some pastors may not activate and release their people to flow on the prophetic. But I am determined to minister on this subject in order to get people stirred, uh, get them moving, because I believe it's the will of God for every believer to prophesy on some level, and that includes you. So if you have been prophesying, I want to encourage you to go deeper. If you never prophesied, I want you to stay tuned. Uh, I believe we're going to get you moving in that direction. If you've drawn away from the prophetic because of persecution or, or fear, I want to get you back into it because this ministry was designed by God to be a blessing to the nations of the world. Um, one of the things I like to talk about in sharing on the prophetic is to begin in the Old Testament. And, of course, the, there are many references to prophets and prophecy in the Old Testament. But I want to begin with Moses because we know that Moses was a prophet. And in the book of Numbers, it gives us a very interesting story of Moses complaining to God about the, the work of ministry being so overwhelming until he asked God literally to kill him. And God, of course, did not answer that request but told him, I'm going to take the spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on the 70 elders that you choose and they are going to bear the burden of ministry. And so God told Moses to gather all the, the 70 elders that he chose. God took the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon the 70 elders and they all began to prophesy. To my knowledge, it's the largest number of people recorded in the Old Testament that prophesied at one time. 70 people prophesying at the same time. Two individuals that Moses selected to be a part of the 70 were not at that time in the camp. They were outside of the camp, and they also began to prophesy. And he told Moses, Moses, forbid them. And Moses said something very interesting that I really believe should be the heart of every leader, every apostle, every pastor 
Um, I believe it's really the heart of God. And I want to read the, the scriptures to you. And if you want to follow me, just go to Numbers chapter 11, verses 25 through 29. Numbers 11, 25 through 29. I'm going to read these verses to you. It says, And the Lord came down on a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. So they, so they weren't at the tabernacle where they were supposed to be gathered, but they were in the camp. Originally I said they were outside the camp. They were in the camp, but they were not at the tabernacle. Verse 27, this is Numbers chapter 11. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and me, Dad, do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? In other words, don't be jealous for my sake. Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Now, I want you to notice the words of Moses. He said, don't be jealous or envious for my sake. Speaking to Joshua, would that all of the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Now, what an amazing statement. Moses is essentially saying, Joshua, I am not trying to be the only one that prophesies. I'm not here to uh, be defending my position as the leader. You don't have to be jealous or envious because others are prophesying. I would that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And, and I believe that is the heart of, should be the heart of every leader, that all of God's people would be prophetic. Now, I know the scripture says prophets, and we know that everyone is not a prophet. So we're not trying to make everyone a prophet. And in, in some teachings we'll do, we'll study the difference between a prophet and those who prophesy. But the, the heart of Moses, I believe, is the heart of God. That God would put his spirit upon all of his people, and all of them would be prophets in the sense that all of them could speak on the behalf of God. Now, uh, we know, of course, in the book of Joel, the prophecy of Joel, that Joel made an amazing prophecy that is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And if you're a Pentecostal, I'm sure that you, you know this verse. It's in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That, that took place on the day of Pentecost. And Peter quotes the prophecy of Joel in Acts 2 and 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, Joel was prophesying really what Moses desired. Moses said in the book of Numbers, hundreds of years before Joel came on the scene, he would that all of the Lord's people would be prophets, and God would put his spirit upon them. Joel begins to prophesy of the coming of the new covenant, when God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and the sons and daughters would prophesy. And of course, that verse is, that prophecy is fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. Now, if you're a Pentecostal or you've been raised in a Pentecostal tradition, 
um, and you believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, you often, of course, uh, believe, have been taught that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. And it's based, of course, uh, from the book of Acts. And the reason why we call ourselves Pentecostals is because on the day, on the day of Pentecost, they spake in tongues and they were filled with the Spirit of God. And throughout the book of Acts, we find in Acts uh, chapter 10, uh, in Acts chapter 19, uh, we find when people received the Holy Spirit that they spoke in tongues. However, uh, being, being Pentecostal myself, having a, a Pentecostal background, the emphasis always, of course, was on the fact that when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you would speak in tongues, and that's what we look for. If you spoke in tongues, you were filled with the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not here to argue about whether or not you have to have tongues to have the Holy Spirit. I know there are different teachings, and some believe that you have to speak in tongues, and, and some believe that you don't necessarily have to speak in tongues. I'm not here to argue about whether it's, you're Pentecostal or whether you speak in tongues. I'm simply here to show you that on the day of Pentecost, when they spoke in tongues, it's a fulfillment of a prophecy by Joel, which says they shall prophesy. And yet when they spoke in tongues, it's not specifically called prophecy. Now we know in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, or the letter of 1 Corinthians, there is a difference between tongues and prophecy. We have the, the three gifts of, of, of the three vocal gifts, are the uh, gifts of speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And it makes a distinction between speaking in tongues and prophesying. It says that he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. And he encourages the Corinthians to desire to prophesy because that's speaking by inspiration in your own language and people can understand it and it can edify, build up, comfort, and exhort the church. And he said when you speak in tongues, you speak not unto men but unto God. And of course, if you speak in tongues to men, you should have an interpreter. So there is a difference between speaking in tongues and prophesying. Yet Joel says, uh, in the last days or afterward, I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy, but yet they spoke in tongues. And so one of the ways I try to explain this is though, even though technically speaking in tongues is not prophecy, I believe that speaking in tongues comes under the umbrella of prophecy. And the reason I say that is because speaking in tongues is speaking by inspiration in an, uh, an unknown language or in another language unknown to the speaker. Prophecy is speaking by inspiration in your known language. And so both tongues and prophecy uh, consist of inspired utterance, being inspired by the Holy Spirit either to speak in, in a language not known to you or speak in your own language, which is prophecy. But it, it's, it's all prophetic. One of the definitions of prophecy or prophet uh, is, is the Hebrew word nabi or naba, which means an inspired person or speak by inspiration. A prophet in the Old Testament is, is described as an, as an inspired man or an inspired woman. So it's to speak or sing by inspiration. When the Spirit of God inspires you to utter words, uh, it is prophecy. Now think about this. If you speak in tongues, you're speaking by inspiration. Often Pentecostals have limited the baptism of the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues and often does not have not emphasized prophecy. And one of the things I like to do is to make this statement. I believe it's an important statement that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the prophetic realm. And the reason I say that is because if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're already speaking by inspiration if you speak in tongues. 
and that means that you can also speak in your own language by inspiration. And so if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, you can prophesy. It doesn't make you a prophet. It doesn't even necessarily mean you have the gift of prophecy, but you can prophesy by the Spirit of God. Now, an interesting verse is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is found in Acts chapter 19 and verse number 6. But in Acts chapter 19, Paul is ministering at Ephesus. He finds 12 disciples who only know the baptism of John. He tells them about Jesus. They, they accept the Lord, and then he lays hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts 19 and 6, when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So here's an example of a group of people being baptized in the Holy Spirit and not only speaking with tongues, but also prophesying. So it shows us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not limited to speaking in tongues. Now, one, things that, one, one of the things that I uh, have been grieved about is the fact that we have so many churches and people that call themselves Pentecostals, and, and, and I, I consider myself a Pentecostal, so I'm not knocking Pentecostalism. Uh, Pentecostalism have blessed, has blessed my life, and then there are millions of Pentecostals around the world. Uh, and, and it's been a tremendous move of God since the Pentecostal outpouring at Azusa Street in the early 20th century, over 100 years ago. But even though there's so many Pentecostal, even charismatic churches, the level of prophecy in many churches is very low. There's, there's very few prophetic utterances, very few corporate prophecies, very few people that prophesy. Uh, they believe in speaking in tongues, but because somehow they've limited the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit to just speaking in tongues and not uh, realize it is the doorway into the prophetic realm. Many of them have never gone beyond speaking in tongues. But it says here in Acts chapter 19 in verse 6 that when Paul laid his hands upon them, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There was utterance, not only in an unknown language, but also in known their known languages. They spoke by inspiration in both a known tongue and an unknown tongue. And so what that shows me is that you are a spirit-filled believer. Um, the, the word of, of the Lord that came from the mouth of Moses, God has placed his spirit upon you. He, he would that all of the Lord's people were prophets or prophetic, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Well, what Moses desired in Numbers 11 uh, it came to pass in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, with the outpouring of the spirit of God. And since that time, wherever the spirit of God has been poured out, Men and women can now speak by inspiration. God wants every believer to be able to speak by inspiration. And there are many reasons for that because words are so powerful. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that he that, he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edify means to build up. Exhort means to encourage. And comfort means to bring solace. And looking at the world today, there are millions of people that need edification, exhortation, and comfort through prophetic words. Words are very powerful. I've had the privilege of preaching in over 80 nations on five continents, and I can tell you no matter where you go on this planet, when you begin to prophesy, people begin to be blessed. They begin to respond. They begin to weep. They begin to cry. I've seen people healed, delivered, edified, built up, released, encouraged, impartation, activation, 
all because of prophetic utterances that I as a believer, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I'm talking about being a spirit-filled believer. When you learn how to flow in the prophetic realm and when you prophesy according to the measure or proportion of your faith based on Romans chapter 12, you can be a blessing to multitudes of people. And I've seen this in my ministry in the last 25 years of ministering prophetically. I've seen it in our church. I've seen it with our teams. I've seen thousands and thousands of people blessed and, and, and lives changed and transformed by the words that flowed out of our mouth. Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 7, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That represents life. And he was speaking about the Spirit of God. The ability to prophesy is the ability to release life. Remember Ezekiel was told to prophesy. And when he prophesied, the winds began to blow in Ezekiel 37. And the dead bones began to come alive. What that shows us is that God's word is life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words are spiritual containers that carry the life of God. And when you begin to speak God's life-giving word prophetically, it brings life where there's been death and desolation, where there's been hurt and sickness and disease. Uh, it is amazing, the power of prophecy. This is not just for the pastor or the leader of the church. Now, like what Moses said in Numbers 11, he said, envious not, not for my sake. Don't be jealous of me. And unfortunately, there are, uh, there's a lot of, well, how can I say this, a lot of envy, jealousy, and competition that can come into a ministry that makes one person or two people or three people be the focal point of ministry. And everyone else is kind of left out being a spectator in the church and never really activated and released to flow prophetically. And, and But the ministry was never designed to be monopolized or never to be designed to be controlled by one, two, three, or four people, or family, or a few people. Uh, God wants all of his people to, to prophesy. We know in Mark chapter 16, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall take up serpents. They shall uh, speak in new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And, of course, the emphasis, again, is speaking in tongues. When you pray in tongues, sing in tongues, speak in tongues, you're already in the prophetic realm because you're speaking by inspiration. The only challenge is how to begin to move in a known language, your language, how to, how to prophesy where people can speak, where people can understand it. And, and, and to make that transition is not very difficult because in Romans chapter 12, it says that he that prophesies, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. A lot of people... When it comes to the prophetic, they, they lack faith in this area. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if it's not preached or taught, then faith doesn't come to move in these realms, which is why I believe it's so important for leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets to teach on these subjects. It needs to come from the pulpit so that people can hear the word of the Lord, get faith uh, it to prophesy. So I believe that prophecy and teaching on the prophetic is very important. We did not start prophesying to a great degree in our local assembly until I, as a leader, began to teach and minister on this subject. Even though we were Pentecostal, we believed in speaking in tongues, we had an occasional prophetic utterance. It wasn't anything consistent until I decided as a leader that I wanted the church to move in a greater prophetic realm. And so I began to teach on this subject. Uh, 25 years ago, I began to train and activate and help people move 
in the prophetic, uh, in a greater way. And it, it transformed our church. It transformed our ministry. I saw people moving in the prophetic. And when they came into our ministry, they had never prophesied had never moved in the spirit, had never given a prophetic utterance. They were just pew members, bench members sitting there listening to sermons. I saw those same people begin to prophesy and flow, and that excites me when I see God's people moving in the prophetic. And I want to see you do this. I don't care where you're at in the world viewing this particular uh, program. I want to encourage you and charge you and inspire you and give you the word of the Lord. But of course, whatever we do, it must be based on scripture. That's why I believe in having a great foundation in the word. Now, there's a verse that, that I began to preach uh, this year. I call it the year of the greater, greater glory. And um, the Lord began to show me uh, a verse that I preached before, but um, he began to show it to me in a new light. And it's found in uh, Psalm 68 and 11. Uh, many of you may have heard this word before. Uh, but I want to read it to you again. Psalm 68, 11. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company. So I began to preach about a great company of believers. Not a few, not a couple, but a great company of believers. When the Lord gives the word, they would publish the word. Excuse me. Now, most of, of, of people would look at this verse as far as preaching the gospel uh, and the prophetic realm. Uh, but I want you to know that, and as a matter of fact, even in the original language, it tells us that, that the word actually means a great company of women uh, will proclaim the word. So it's really an encouragement to women. To, to, to begin to, to preach, to prophesy. And a lot of women have gone through, uh, been training and teaching that, um, that you know, th th they're not called to preach or they can't preach or they can't prophesy. Well, if, if a woman can't speak, why would God even say, I part my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters would prophesy? I mean, the spirit of God in women is not Holy Ghost Jr. I often say that women don't have Holy Ghost Jr. They have the same spirit of God inside of them that men have inside of them. So women can preach, teach, prophesy, cast out devils, heal the sick. Um, and, and so the original language of this verse, Psalm 68, 11, uh, is that a great company of women. Or we'll publish the word. But I want to look at it this way. God is not interested in having one or two or three prophets or a few prophets that swing by in town every now and then to conduct a prophetic revival. No, God wants a great company of, of prophets and prophetic people to be raised up in our churches. And my challenge to leaders and pastors around the world is don't raise up a few prophetic people. Raise them up by the thousands. Raise up a great company because your nation, your city needs to hear the word of the Lord. It needs to be in the mouth of multitudes of people. And I want to encourage you to teach, to train, to activate, to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit, to lay hands on them, get them speaking in tongues and prophesying. Uh, one of the things in order to, to develop a, a prophetic culture in the church is you must first of all teach. Now, people will never come above the teaching. And if the leader is not teaching this, um, sometimes in churches, the church is not prophetic because the leader is not prophetic. And sometimes leaders are more teaching or more pastoral than they are prophetic. So it's important that the leader, first of all, get, it, get activated and begins to flow in the prophetic. Because if that's not the case, then what happens is uh, you, you can have the prophetic in a church, 
but it'll be like a small auxiliary. Churches say, well, we believe in the prophetic, but it, the whole church is not really prophetic. It's just a small group that may have been assigned to move in the prophetic because maybe the leader is not prophetic. When a leader does become prophetic, begins to teach on the prophetic, uh, then what he, be, he needs to begin to do is to begin to have what we call prophetic activations. And prophetic activations is either you bring someone in that knows how to help people, get them activated. We, we do have activation exercises um, that we do in our church that we've learned over the years to get people flowing into prophetic. So what I would encourage a leader to do, if a leader does not really know how to activate people, bring someone into the church that knows how to do prophetic activations and, um, and train your people how to do prophetic activations so that you don't have to depend on them the rest of your life. But you can also learn how to do this and begin to do prophetic activations or begin to have a three-day conference, a three-day teaching, a time of intense training and activation where you can do this on a consistent basis uh, when you first begin. Appoint people in your church that have very strong prophetic characteristics to begin to oversee uh, certain aspects of the prophetic activated in your worship, your singing. Bring someone that knows how to activate people in the song of the Lord, uh, how to get them moving in that, how to encourage them and get them moving in that realm. That's how you develop a prophetic culture. We began to do this in 1989 in our church. It took us a few months, a couple of years, but finally our church really became prophetic. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made as a leader. And is there a difference between a prophet and the office of a prophet. No, they're the same thing. A prophet, a New Testament prophet, uh, would be in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, fivefold ministry gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. God has said in the church, first, a prophet, uh, first apostles, secondarily prophets. And so a prophet is a prophet. It's, it's the same as an office. Now, you can prophesy and not be a prophet. You can have a gift of prophecy, or you can just flow by the Spirit of God. Um, will have a spirit of prophecy, but prophets will have a gift of prophecy. And when they prophesy, there'll be a stronger flow because they're prophesying out of their gift or out of the office of the prophet. And there's a greater amount of authority. And of course, prophets also do more than prophesy. They operate in dreams, visions, prayer, intercession. They preach, they teach. So there's a, there's a greater degree of anointing uh, beyond just the simple gift of prophecy or prophesying by the, by the spirit of God. Yeah, if, if you're going to begin to move in the prophetic, you've got to get around prophetic people. Um, I hate to say it this way. Practice makes perfect. And I'm not saying we practice the prophetic, but the more you do this, the more comfortable you become. When you first start off in the prophetic, there's a hesitancy because people are afraid if I make a mistake, is God going to judge me? Well, remember, we're under grace in the new covenant prophet in the prophetic community is under grace. But if you get around prophetic people, and you uh, get a part of a prophetic team, and you flow uh, on, begin to flow on a consistent basis, you, you, your flow will become stronger, your faith will become stronger, it'll be easier for you to operate. Uh, when you're not around prophetic people, or you're in a church that doesn't uh, flow prophetically, or you, you, know, you just don't do this very much, sometimes people hesitate. Now, some people just flow prophetically without any activation or training. I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to be activated a certain way to prophesy. Some people can just step out when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and begin to prophesy. I'm not saying you have to go through a school or training or come to my class. Some people just tend to step out the boat and begin to do it. Others tend to hold back. They're, they're more apprehensive. They, they need training. They need encouragement. So we're not putting everyone on the same in the same level. Because I know that some people are saying this, well, I, I don't need anyone to help me prophesy. I prophesy by the Spirit of God. Well, God bless you. 
flow in your gift. Uh, but we can all grow more, increase more. But Tony, you have to you have to get around and stay around prophetic people because they stretch you. Uh, you get in these you get in these classes, these activations. You know how to, you, they, you have leaders that can stretch you. If you get around prophets, they know how to activate and train people like Samuel, who raised up a school of the prophets and a company of the prophets and got those those people prophesying. Uh, that's the best way to begin to move and feel more comfortable and begin to flow in the prophetic without any any ap apprehension. We are on the final months of 2022. Don't go into another year without hearing the voice of God. Go to www.impactuniversity.com to download your free copy of our brand new Master the Prophetic devotional to help you hear the voice of God for your now season and your future. Feel free to text us your questions on the prophetic, deliverance, or any other subject at 773-923-0451. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.